Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. And the loser kid struck out of his baseball game. Oh no. a loser. And his dad wasn't there to watch the game either. (laughs) Well, he's not going to remember it anyway. No. But Kieran, if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is because what we do on this show is we look at upcoming Hollywood blockbusters and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before the movie comes out. That we do. But this week we're putting ourselves to the test because we're going back and looking at a movie that we've covered in the past and see how close we got to predicting the actual plot. (laughs) Matty D's already looking incredulous. I'm sure he's listened back to his plot. I don't know what you're talking about because you've been making jokes towards me saying, oh, you, you, you did really badly. But I listened to that episode and I think I did pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, this is our report card episode. So this is where we really will break down the nitty gritty and essentially bring up a score. And then the way that it works through our flawless system is the person who has the highest score typically is closer to the movie. So I guess we'll find out this episode who the winner is in that regard. Now, before we start breaking down how well we did with our predictions for A Quiet Place Part 2, I just want to point out, if you haven't listened to our original episode where we covered A Quiet Place Part 2, I strongly, strongly urge you to go back and listen to that episode first, because we're only going to relate what we predicted would happen to the actual movie, and not we're not going to go over the movie beat by beat. So, if you haven't seen the movie, you may be a little bit lost. If you haven't listened to our original episode, you might be a little lost. And we're going to spoil a lot of plot details from the movie as well. Mm. So, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 2 yet and you really want to, please go and see the movie first before yes. continuing any further with this episode. Now, Matty D, what do you reckon the worldwide box office for A Quiet Place Part 2 was? You know what? What did Charlie's Angels get? It had 76 million? About 72 million, I think it was. 72 million. I think around about there, to be honest with you. And I think really? it's going to be- Really? You a- thought it was an absolute failure? No. I, well, I don't think there's a lot of money going into this You've got to realise that Charlie's Angels was a failure, so you can't judge everything against Charlie's Angels. Well, I'm going to say- And also, the movie came out when uh, COVID, like, it was during that sort of break in between outbreaks, so it was after the initial COVID outbreak, everything had started to go back to normal, and it was before the Delta variant, Mm. so things were pretty normal again in the cinemas. Mm. Still, I think it got $76 million. (laughs) That's how much I think it made. (laughs) All right. Well, it's interesting you should say that because it had a $60 million budget. So, if it made $70 million, that's pretty close to breaking it's a success. even. But it actually made $297.4 million. So, it was a massive success and nowhere near the failure that you thought it was going to be. <laughs> See, you typically say that movies didn't like get a lot of money when you didn't enjoy the movie. So, is that like an <laughs> early review of this movie? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, before we start breaking down how well we did, Matty D, would you care to explain our point system? No problem at all. So, we need to have a concrete way of measuring how well we did in the plots, right? You know, we need we need some some way to rank them. So, if we get something right in our plot and there was no information about it previously, we get two points. If we see something as it appeared in the trailer or the promotional material, that's one point. Yep. And if we kind of got on the right track, we weren't- we didn't accurately call it, but it was kind of close. I'm expecting I get a few of these. It, you get half a point. And more so to the point, <laughs> if you say something that does not appear in the movie at all, you get a big fat zero points. Like an island, Kieran? How stupid is that? Why would they have an island in it? <laughs> I said that was a great idea. <laughs> I thought that was genius. Uh, it's not in your plot. So, uh, okay. I, I think I did well. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into it. You went first in the episode, so mm. let's get straight into <laughs> how well or how poorly you did. <laughs> So, you started off on a good note because you said that the movie starts with a black screen with a title saying Day One. Oh, boom. Straight from the movie. I gave you two points for that because the movie doesn't actually open with that. So, the first thing we see in the movie is we see like a shot of an abandoned town and we think it's post-apocalyptic, but it just turns out everyone in town's at a baseball game. (laughs) Yeah. And we see John Krasinski's character, Lee, rock up at like a general store and he's buying stuff and everyone's like watching the news, I think. But then after that sequence, we get the shot of the day one title card. So, it's close enough to the beginning. I'm very, very lenient to you in this uh, review because I think you need all the help you can get. Wow. So, yeah, you got two points straight off the bat. And then you get a bonus two points because we worked out that the movie was set in 2020. We recorded this in the really early months of 2020 and you joked, oh, this year's going to be bad. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because we had no idea what was coming. Yeah, we had no idea about covid but you get a bonus two points for that because you had a real life prediction that came true. You know what? I wish, I wish I didn't get that point. Yeah. 
Oh, well. Man, it's weird listening We're back still to suffering that. to it. We had no... And then we were even joking about it being like an apocalyptic world. Yeah. Man, we did not know what was coming. No, we did not. And then you said that we have a flashback where we see the events before the first movie. I gave you a point for that because we knew that was going to be in the movie, just judging on the trailers. Mm-hmm. And you said that we'll see Evelyn driving with her children while everything appears normal. Mm. Until interference plays over the radio. I gave you a point and a half for that because we see the whole bit with the radio, like the interference with the radio and she's driving in the trailer. But things aren't normal at this stage in the movie. They're like very much freaking out. They're seeing people get killed and they're just trying to escape in the car. Yeah, I I thought it was going to be the case that this is where chaos hits, but chaos had already hit. In the baseball game. I do actually go into that a little bit, but just to break it down a little bit more, you said that the baby mm, starts crying and Evelyn tries to calm him down. Now, I actually pointed this out in the original episode. There is no baby in the car. They have a four-year-old son. Not quite a baby. Close enough to a baby. And he's not crying. You said that he's crying and Evelyn's trying to calm him down. He's just sitting there quietly looking out the window. (laughs) You said that the dad isn't with them. I gave you a point for that because that was in the trailer. And you didn't point out that Reagan wasn't with them either. I guess you just didn't notice she wasn't there. Yeah, I I didn't even think of that. Because she was with the dad too. And you said that we'll see the chaos of this situation from the point of view of the family car as aliens drop down and start destroying cars and killing people. I gave you a point for that because, again, it was in the trailer. This is all very heavily... Impl- like seen in the trailer. Yes. So, so you seem to think, and you mentioned this point a little bit already. You thought that the movie would open up the same way that the trailer opened up. Yes. But the actual scene in the movie takes place maybe five or ten minutes into yeah. the actual feature. So it's close to the start of the movie. But to your point, yeah, no, it doesn't open with that. So I think the lesson that you can take away from this is don't just assume that the trailer is the opening of the movie. I thought it would be an exciting way to open the movie, right? Yeah, that's true. A little, you know, children of men. How did I know that it was going to open with a a baseball game? (laughs) You you wouldn't. I mean, we didn't predict that, but yeah, fair enough. Now, you said that we'll cut to present day with the title present day. I gave you half a point for that because we actually cut to day 474. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, how would we know that? We didn't know what day they're up to. Yeah. And I said as well, they'll do that and get rid of that sort of device from that point on, which I believe they did. After that point, they yeah. no longer have day whatever. They, yeah, because it all takes place within that one yes. day, presumably. I think a night goes by. Yeah. You said that Evelyn will wake up, revealing that the flashback was all in her memory. No, nothing like that happens at all. No. You said that we'll see Evelyn and the kids walking through the ruins of the modern world with a beautiful score in the background. And I gave you a point and a half for that because I tell you what, that's pretty obvious yes. if you've seen the first movie. But if you ask me... The score was all right, but I still say it's completely forgettable. I love the score, but it was the same score as the previous movie. It was? The exact same. Yeah, you know, I watched this movie yesterday and I still don't remember the score. I tell you what has a beautiful score. The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Of course that. Can you hum like a little does. bit of the like Lord of the Rings trilogy? Da, 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 yep. da, da. That's wonderful. Now do uh, a, a little bit of the score from A Quiet Place Part 2. Gladly. I, I, I'm so happy you tried to catch me out on this. Bum, 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 <laughs> Wow, he does know the score. Bum, bum, bum. There you go. You said that the baby, now you're actually referring to the real baby at this point, not mm-hmm. the toddler, is being carried around in a soundproof box. I gave you a point for that because we know that from the trailer. We know that from the previous movie. Yes. And you said that we might see a scene where they leave their burning farmhouse. And I give you a point for that because that was in the trailer. Now, I almost didn't give you a full point for that because you're like, we might see a scene of the burning farmhouse, even though I had already mentioned it at the start of the episode. And I also corrected you in the episode saying, we do see that. But you were like, we might see it, we might not. <laughs> so, typically when we're wishy-washy, we don't get any points, or at least we get half a point. But here I was just like, Maddie D needs the points. Jeez, how bad did give I go? Give the points. Oh, just wait. Well, we might see it, and we did. So, so far, this is sounding pretty accurate to the movie. Yeah, I think this is pretty good, all in all. You said that while looking for supplies in a town, one of the kids knocks over something and they're attacked by an alien. I gave you half a point because something similar to this happens while they're in a train yard. And Marcus, he doesn't knock something over, but he steps in a bear trap. Oh, my God. How brutal was that scene? (laughs) Yeah. That's fairly close to knocking something over. I mean, he knocked his femur into his uh, (laughs) side of his leg, so... I guess I'm thinking we need, like, a jump scare really early on. Yeah. Which, it happened, but not in the way yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's true. You said that Evelyn throws something down the street to distract the aliens. That doesn't happen. You said that we have more beautiful music, more walking. <laughs> yep. I gave you another point for that, because, yeah, there's plenty of that in this movie. Uh, now, I actually made a note here that the music sounds like the ambient music from Minecraft. Did you think that at all? 
No, I didn't think that, but I like the music in Minecraft as well. Mm, so. Well, there you go. That explains it. You're like, this reminds me of like digging up dirt blocks. You said that the family will come across a sign that says, follow this to Haven. Nope, that doesn't happen in the movie at all. No. There's nothing remotely similar to that at all in the movie. That's so weird because I swear in the trailer there were signs people were leaving saying, you know, we're here and pointing in that direction. Mm, I didn't see any of that in the trailer. I watched the trailer this morning. Oh, okay. You must have just like imagined imagined that. You also theorized that the survivors wouldn't make a call via radio. Because you're like, that doesn't make any sense in this sort of world. But that's exactly what they do I in know, the movie. I know. Because you're like, my initial idea was that they put out a call over the radio. Oh, but no, no, no. Don't remind me. Instead, we're going to have signs to Pizza Haven. <laughs> Pizza Planet. Come yeah. on. You said that the family follows the signs and tries to find the other survivors. No, that doesn't happen. Don't worry. I'll go. I get you give you more points related to that later. You said that they need to find food and shelter in order to survive. I gave you a point because they do need to to find food and shelter. That's fairly obvious. Mm -hmm. And they find that almost immediately. Yes. And you said that they find a a fence with a hole dug into it and they set off a boo-boo trap as they (laughs) climb through it. Give you a point for that because it was in the trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. You said that the booby trap is set up to act as an early warning for the- I call it a booby trap, Kieran. <laughs> you initially called it a booby trap, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> well, it is a booby trap of sorts. Well, you said that the booby trap was set up as an early warning for the monsters and to warn against pillagers. I gave you a point for that because it was set up yeah. to warn against pillagers. That's right. Only one point? Well, we knew that. <laughs> well, we knew that. I'm just guessing that's what it is. We see it in the trailer. What else could it be for? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a decorative thing. Yeah. You said that the family will not fight back against the monsters at this point in the movie. They actually do. I said they flee from the monsters, which they technically do. Well, you specifically said that they won't fight back. When I asked, will they fight back? You said no. So, that's wrong. (laughs) You don't get any points. Do they fight back? They do. They use the portable speaker with the hearing aid. Yeah, as a distraction so they can And then they shoot the alien with the shotgun. (laughs) That's fighting back. Very implicitly so. You said that they enter what looks like a dilapidated church. It's actually a train yard. <laughs> in the trailer, you could see train tracks, so I thought that was fairly obvious, but you, you still know, thought it was a church. You know, the churches that live near train Did I actually say church? I you didn't said hear a that. church. Uh. And in the trailer, you can see like big rail girders, big concrete sort of yeah, like slabs. All things that are in a church. Yeah. Anyway, you said that the family are rescued by a soldier who covers Evelyn's mouth. I gave you half a point for this because this does happen, but he's not a soldier. No, he's not. He's a former friend of the family, and his name is Emmett. Now, you wanted to point out as well that we called him Cillian Murphy all throughout the original episode. We apologise, Killian Murphy. It turns out his name is actually Killian Murphy, (laughs) which I didn't know until today. Yes, we said his name wrong. I don't think we're the only ones. I think it's pretty popular. People mispronounce his name a lot. But yes, it is Killian Murphy, not how it's spelt. Apologies for saying his name wrong all through this podcast because he didn't have a character name. No. So we just called him Cillian Murphy through the whole thing. And this was a movie with Jaimon Honsu in it too. (laughs) I mean, we got his name kind of right. I think it's Jaimon Honsu, but anyway. Anyway, apologies, Cillian. Don't add us. All right, Matty D, you might as well kiss your points goodbye at this Mm -hmm. point because I don't think you get too many more after this point. So you said that the soldier takes the family down to an area that has vaults that lead to catacombs or an underground bomb shelter. Now, I'll give you half a point for that because I didn't initially want to give you any points for that because what you're describing is not what's in the movie at all. Well, no, but he does go underneath down. It is kind of an underground bunker. Yes, it is. It's more sort of like an underground area where they keep furnaces in the train yard. Mm -hmm. So, that's as close as I can give you to, you know, what you predicted. I'm not going to fight you on this because I am wrong, but I'm kind of on the right track. Kind of. Because it is an underground area. In a very loose, not at all way. He is bunkered in. There is, as we'll speak about later, there is a vault in which they- It's not a vault. Secured. It's a furnace. There's several furnaces because it's apparently a room. I don't know what they do down there, but they've got furnaces. Because why have we got all these underground furnaces here in this train yard? Well, it's a factory, right? Yeah, it could be a factory. I thought it was a factory. hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know. We see, like, overalls and, like, helmets and stuff. Right, okay. So, I think it's a factory. But there is train tracks outside, so I guess that's why I presumed it was a train yard. But factories Factories, do have, like, trains that run through them, especially old ones. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Semantics now. You said that here we're introduced to a whole new cast of characters. We are not. It's just Killian Murphy's character, Emmett. Just him. You said that the family can finally speak freely here. I give you two points for that because once they're inside the furnace, they can speak freely. 
Only for a limited time. Yeah, because they've got a limited amount of air in there, which led to some very suspenseful scenes oh, later in the movie. Oh, didn't it? You said that Killian Murphy's character name is Lee Bennett, and he's the leader <laughs> of an underground society. No. Lee Bennett rhymes with Emmett, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. And I think that is pretty close. Now, we don't know his surname, and there's no underground society, so that's completely wrong. No. And we've already discussed that his name was Emmett. And you said that Emmett has a wife called Grace. Now, he actually doesn't have a wife called Grace. I believe they said her name was Nora. I could be wrong. They were speaking so softly in this movie that I had to crank up the volume. So, I couldn't tell what they were saying well, half the, the time. The actress's name is Laura or Lauren. It was uh, Lauren. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I can't remember what the wife's name is, but he did have a wife that was deceased. That's right. And the kid finds her body later on. Mm. I don't know how she got there. Was she sick and they just he just like put her there and she passed I, away? I missed that too. I thought he left her. He couldn't help her or whatever. And Yeah, that's what I, I just presumed she was killed by the monsters. But then, yeah, he finds her body. She's like lying covered with blankets. Um, what's his name? Marcus finds her mm. body later in the movie. Maybe she was sick. I yeah, guess. that was my presumption. Because he says, I couldn't save her. And that's right. his big character arc was like he- And I thought that was him abandoning his family. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe she was unwell and he couldn't- Maybe couldn't she was sick her. and she could, like she had really bad like gas. <laughs> she was farting really loudly. Look, we, we came back to the fart joke from the original episode. She was farting really loud. He's like, I can't let you compromise my, my situation here. And he doesn't you're want to, out. He doesn't want to be in the furnace when that happens either. No, <laughs> nobody would. <laughs> You said that all of these survivors have given up all hope. Gave you half a point for that because Emmett seems pretty bummed. Yeah, he's he's hopeless. He's not hopeless, but he's given up hope. Yeah, you said that this vault has a lot of supplies. Not no. really. Opposite, right? He's not like, really. He's running low. He That's right. Kicks them out. He's well, like, tomorrow you're gone. He says to, he says he wants to kick them out. Yeah. You said that Emmett is protecting his family uh, in this military compound along with several other soldiers and their families. Nope. In fact, Emmett's family are all dead, as we've already discussed, and there's no other characters there. Yeah, I thought there would be- I thought there'd be more people here. You just thought the movie would be Day of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was ide- I said this in the original episode, but your plot is identical to Day of the Dead. You said that Marcus, who, by the way, you called Marcus Noah throughout the entire <laughs> prediction. <laughs> you said that Marcus hears a distress call while listening to the radio. I gave you half a point because he hears music. Which isn't a distress call, but it's it's sort of like indicating where the survivors are. In I'll give a you way, points for that later on. In a way, it is. I give you half a point because you're on the right track, but they use quite it as accurate. a distress call. It's not a distress call. Oh, they're well, not they're, in distress. They're signalling where they are. Yeah, that's right. They're trying to help everybody out, which is the opposite of a distress call. Which I don't know why they needed to code it with music. Like, no, I don't know. It doesn't make any. Are sense. the monsters going to be like, oh, we figured out where they yeah. are? Maybe they thought that. Maybe they're like, we need to put it in code oh, so the monsters. Oh. Actually, the, there's pillages and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's like that. right. So I just thought it. that at the same time as you. The pillages are too stupid to realize that the music is a signal. Yeah, well, maybe they don't know about it. Maybe. But they seem to be like waiting at the docks to get people who are like coming to try and get boats. So maybe they just kill all the people who are trying to get to maybe. this community. I have a lot of questions. The community about- on the islands are just like. There's no one turning up for some reason. <laughs> and meanwhile, there's a million dead bodies at uh, at the docks. You yeah. had a question about something? Well, I, I didn't get what those guys were doing. Where were they? Like, they were just robbing people. Robbing people. Yeah, but they must not get a lot of people, right? And yeah. why were their eyes red? Were they like crazy? I guess so. Or were they just in the water too much? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the salt air was doing havoc for their corneas. I don't no. know. I like their whole plan of just like we'll put a little girl out there with like a creepy mouth. And she'll, <laughs> when people come up close to touch her, rather than like, well, they can't call out to her because, you know, the monsters will get them. But when they come up close, she puts like a rope around their neck that has like bottles tied to it. And then they can't move. And then we come over and rob them. Foolproof plan. And I thought they were doing very nefarious things to the to the daughter. To Yeah, Reagan. that's right. So I was right there. Not, uh, not in the plot, but like I, I assumed that what was happening and I just didn't understand were they kidnapping her? Were they going to kill yeah, her? Yeah, I think they were, they were suggesting that they were going to do uh, unspeakable things to right. her because they were being sort of suggestive with the knife that they were putting to her. Right. Anyway, back to your prediction. Back to what didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> you said that Emmett doesn't want to answer the distress call while Evelyn thinks that they should and Emmett's wife agrees with Evelyn. Uh, that's kind of right. Two half points for that because Reagan thinks that the music is being sent out by a group of survivors, mm-hmm. and she wants to go and find them and use their radio tower to send out the frequencies that hurts the aliens. And Emmett's like, "No, that's a terrible idea. Don't go." Yes. So two half points there. There's no wife, but yeah, exactly. You know, otherwise that's so pretty right. It was yeah, that was pretty close. You said that the family and all of the survivors set out as a group all together to find where this other settlement is. I give you half a point for that because in the actual movie, 
Reagan runs away by herself to find the other survivors, and Emmett sets out after her. Yes. At Evelyn's behest. And they split up. So it's That's the mother right. it's the mother and Marcus and it's and Reagan the baby. and Emmett. Yeah, and the yeah. baby who I keep forgetting about. Yeah. Because the movie forgets about it too. <laughs> Except for the bit when it's in the furnace with no oxygen. Because oh. that was the most suspenseful part of well, the movie. Wasn't it just? You said that Jaimon Honsu's character is part of the military group with Emmett. Okay. He now is I know, not. Now, I know you're going to make fun of me, but I think Jaimon Honsu's character, who we don't know anything about, is a military man. Just based on his action and based on how he reacts to crisis and the fact that he's the leader. I think he's a military Given man. that there's no evidence of that in the movie, there is I can't even give you a, a, like a pity point for that. No, and I, and, I, and I completely agree with that. I don't deserve any points, but I think he's a military guy. I would believe you if he was wearing a military uniform, but- Given that he's wearing like casual clothes, but as soon as like a crisis happens, he's like he's yeah, really but that's because he's Jarman Honsu. <laughs> oh well, sorry. Would you expect any different? <laughs> he was playing himself. But it makes sense for like like a military guy to be the leader of this group and sort of not necessarily have the rules in place in case something happens because he's protecting them. Well, I think you're reaching here. I'm not giving you points either way. Now, at this point in your plot, you suggest that they might be drawn into a trap and attacked by marauders, but you're like, no, 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 but that won't happen in the movie. If you said that, you would have got points. Damn. You said that they go to a town and find a family who are desperate and starving, but an injured man screams and they're attacked by aliens and Emmett's wife is killed at this point. Now, nothing similar to that happens at all in the movie, so I couldn't give you any points. You said that everyone returns to the vault and Emmett is furious over the death of his wife. Nope. You said that Evelyn explains the aliens' weaknesses to everybody. I give you half a point for that because that kind of happens. I believe they do kind of explain what the deal is with the speaker to Emmett when they first arrive. Because he sees them kill the aliens and he's just like, how how the heck did you do that? Yeah. Also, Reagan is showing one of the island children, the the kids of the island, how how the hearing aid works as well. Yeah, that's right. It's the same when that happens. Yeah, the, in the context of what you're talking about, though, you, you're half right because mm. Evelyn is explaining the weakness to everybody. So, it's not Evelyn doing it if it's Reagan explaining it to a child. No. So, half a point. You said that Emmett points a gun at Evelyn and goes to kill her, just like in Day of the Dead. No, mm. that doesn't happen in the movie. Am I getting no points for the fact that, you know, Emmett's dead wife is a huge part of his character? Like, him getting over his dead wife? Yeah, but I mean, she doesn't die in the movie. She doesn't die in the movie, but that's a huge part of his depression. Yeah, it's not it's not similar to what you said, so I can't really give you any points there. So hard. I'm trying to be as generous <laughs> as I can. All right, all right, let's keep going. You said that Reagan shoots Emmett and the sound brings in the monsters. No, nothing like no. that happens at all. No. You said that survivors start playing high frequencies and start gunning down the aliens. I give you half a point because that kind of happens at the end of the movie. Yeah. But not as you described. No, in the movie, it's the two kids- Working together in a, yeah. in a weird way, playing yeah, the high right. frequencies and shooting their respective monsters. That's that's right. Trying to attack them. And that happens right at the end of the movie. Mm. You said that the monsters overwhelm the survivors, so Evelyn grabs her kids and runs off. No, nothing like no. that happens. And there's never really a time when there's a lot of monsters. There's No. It's about two in the movie. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the three if you count the one that dies at the start. Mm. But there's only about th- three or four. You thought this seen. movie was going to be like Starship Troopers, oh. where they're just being swarmed by the yeah. monsters. Yeah. Well, I thought they would up the ante, you know, not do the same movie. Anyway. (laughs) You said that Evelyn and her kids head to the coast, which happens through a jump cut. Now, it doesn't happen through (laughs) a jump cut, and Evelyn and the kids aren't really there. It's Reagan and Emmett. They go to a marina. That's pretty close to the coast, so give you half a point for that. And I don't think either of us realised how close they were to the water, like even their, you know, farmhouse. I thought it was just in, you know, the middle of America, but there you go. And we don't know that the island isn't in like a- on a lake- we're just presuming no, it's in the be. ocean. Well, we saw a map. It yeah, looks like it was in the ocean. Yeah, that's right. Now, here we go. You said that the family takes a boat out to sea and they eventually find an island. Boom. Oh, wow. Boom. There was no evidence of that in the plot. Now, you actually get two and a half points for that <laughs> because Reagan and Emmett take a boat to the island and I give you two points for predicting the island and I give you half a point because it's not the whole family no. going to there. It's just Reagan and Emmett going out scouting. But yeah, I was very, very happy to see that. And you said that there is a community of survivors living on the island. Bang, another two points there. Boom! You said that the monsters don't attack the island because the population is too small. Now, in the actual movie, the reason that the monsters don't attack the island is because they can't swim. Yes. How does the monster get there? On a boat. Ah. <laughs> I like to imagine <laughs> it, who drove the got, boat there. It's like Steamboat Willie. He's got like a little hat. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how the monster knew to follow them. Mm. Or knew to get on the boat. And he was taking a big risk getting on the boat because he could have fallen off into the water at yeah. any time. 
You said that the survivors on the island still have to be silent. No, they don't. They can just live normally there. Yeah, they still are pretty quiet, but- Yeah. I mean, I saw they had a fire. I was like, wow, that's risky. Yeah. Interestingly enough as well, I suggested at this point in your plot, I was like, what if the aliens can't swim? Oh, did you say that? Yeah, I said that. So, I hope I get at least a bonus point in your assessment. Yeah, sure. You can have a bonus point. Woohoo. I didn't I don't I, think I need it though. I didn't pick that point up in the in the movie that they can't swim, but I guess that makes sense. Because I was like, yeah. why are they where are there no aliens? They explain there? it on the island oh, okay. when they're sitting around the campfire. Yeah. But yeah, I in the original episode I actually said, Oh, wouldn't it be great if they just go out to an oil rig because it's too like noisy there with the crashing waves for the aliens to come by? And then I said, Oh, and the aliens probably can't swim. And it turned out that that was actually yeah. the case. Which again, why are aliens going to a predominantly water planet if they yeah. can't swim? They didn't learn from science. <laughs> you said that the family can't believe that they can live freely here. I gave you half a point because it's Reagan and Emmett feel mm. that way about the island. And you said that a man who may also be a woman uh, called Roger is the leader because you call them called Roger he and she interchangeably. Yeah, well, you know, gender fluid. Mm. You said that Roger is the leader of the island community and he takes Evelyn to an island bunker and reveals that they have an alien who they've captured. Oh, man. Nothing like that happens in the movie at all. And Roger, just so you know, Roger is the shop owner from the start of the movie. Oh, is that where I got that from? Yes, that's right. I was like, where did I say Roger? But I guess I must have looked at the cast list and tried to insert him in. That was such a mistake looking at that (laughs) cast list because it took you on a huge tangent. Well, yeah, because I saw that the wife was credited and at the time- She's in the flashbacks. I know. I know she's in the flashback, but at the time the credits were- the family, initial family, then it was- Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, then his wife. So, I was like, oh, she's a big player. Yeah, and right. then it was, uh, you know, Jaiman. And then it was Roger. I was yeah. like, oh, so they're big players too. And there was like a whole bunch of kids, a whole bunch <laughs> <Yeah>. of families. <laughs> just- you didn't realize that it was all going to be in the flashback yeah. at the start. Yeah, oh, damn. Now, you said this is where the movie ends, cutting to black. The movie actually ends with the family being separated, fighting and defeating individual aliens. Mm-hmm. And we're shown that Reagan left her hearing aid broadcasting the high frequencies via the radio tower. So, in your plot, they like work out, oh, we've got an alien here that we can experiment on. And then they cut to black. So yeah, yeah. Not really what happens, but- Yeah. And I do. I, didn't I say that they would? Um, their, their plan was to use the hearing aid to project speakers of high frequencies? No. Um, you said that they have- high frequencies already. You didn't say where they were coming right. from. I think I said that they had like an oscilloscope or something. Yeah. And they have speakers that they set up to like get the aliens. You actually had this huge rant that you went on about how they were planning to draw in the aliens yes. and then kill them all. And then you changed your mind yes. and said, no, actually, Emmett is going to be shot and that's yeah. going to bring in the aliens. And then they have to defend the kids from the aliens, which is why they play the, the yeah. loud frequencies. And, and if I stuck to my original guess, I would have been closer. Yeah, that's right. Even though they don't. In my head, I was like, oh, they'll have all these speakers everywhere and they'll just play, you know, this yeah. high frequency and just like screw the monsters up. But I guess that's their plan. But what ends up I also said that in my plot too. Yeah. What ends up happening is, you know, they, they just play it over the radio and use it to their advantage. But I suppose the, it's suggested that that's what they're going to do. Or something to the f- yeah. close to that. Yeah, you would have been. You would have got more points if you went <laughs> with that one. But no, you changed your mind. So, with all that in mind, that gives you a total of. By the way, with the last episode of actual spoilers we did, you got fifty point five points. Oh. how well do you think you did this time? I think I did all right. Um, I know, I know, you'd think I didn't do well, but I thought I called a lot there that I shouldn't have. So, uh, look, dear audience, you be um, the judge of whether Matty D was close or not. Twenty five. Oh my god. <laughs> Really? You got 26 points. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> you, you almost predicted your score. <laughs> that's, that's better than the predictions. Wow, there you go. Well, I'm ha- look, what, what, like, I, I got very close to a lot of what was in that movie. I guess I thought that they were going to step it up a notch. I was like, well, okay, we've seen what mm. we've seen in this movie. What can happen next? And I was like, well, we, we could meet more people. Yeah. We could see how, how the communities function. Could be Day of the Dead all of a sudden. We could see more aliens. Originally, it was just like one alien, yeah. two aliens stalking them. More aliens, you know, amp it up a lot with the, the speakers. So, you were expecting a $150 million budget movie. <sighs> I was expecting something more. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it. But I guess we'll talk about that after we cover what you said. Yeah, that's right. And you're sitting here very confident, so let's go straight <laughs> I'm into- not confident. <laughs> let's go straight into- I listen Apparently- to my plot. <laughs> Apparently, you seem like you are. So, you said, you said we're going to start with a flashback. Mm-hmm. The first day of the invasion. Yep. Correct. I think we addressed it in my plot here. Now, you said that the family are trying to find the father- and I, yep. you, also, you did say it was going to start with the title sequence day one. As yeah, well, that's right. Which is what you get a point for. They try and find the father, which they are. 
And we see this all in, as you describe it, a one-shot action scene. And it's the yep. point of view of the car. We see this in the trailer. Yep. A creature comes down, attacks the family, because this is when all this chaos is sort of happening. Yep. And also, I give you two points, because at this point you say, no one knows that the creatures rely on sound. Yeah. Which they don't. How could they? I I get the vibe that they worked it out. Yeah. I mean- So, the dad works it out almost instantly. Yeah. Lee's just like, oh. I was like, how did you figure it yeah. out that fast? Because he's so smart. Because he, he wrote the he, movie. He wrote the movie. That's why he figured it out fast. I, I thought that was a little bit- I was like, okay, come on. Like, yeah. it could it could have been- a, But anyway, whatever. But yeah, so you, you get a point for that. You get a point for calling that because it's what we see in the trailer. And you get two points for, you know, predicting that we didn't know that the creatures relied on sound, which is true. Now, congratulations. You said we meet the father. We didn't see the father in the trailer. That's um, right. I knew saw, he'd be in there. We saw him in a later one. I said yeah. it would be a cameo. Uh, and, and he it was. was. And it was. Um, I didn't think we'd see the trailer. I thought it would kind of cheapen- The father, you mean? What did I say? The trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you didn't watch the trailer, given your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think we'd meet the father because I thought it would cheapen the death. You know, mm, yeah. I think when once a character dies like that, you should never see them again. Yeah, I agree with you there. Promote the loss. Well, obviously, I didn't agree with you too much because I said he'd be in well, the Well, you were right. You were right. He was in there. And the father says, let's escape to the countryside. And he reiterates that they need to stay safe and stay together. That's how yep. they can survive. Uh, he, never, he never says that. No, but I guess doesn't. that's implied. Anyway, we flash to present day. We do. That's what happens mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, and it's straight after the events of the first movie, which it is pretty yeah, much right. exactly after the events of the first movie. The farm is burning. The creature is dead. The alien and the family are ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Two points there. Uh, the family decides that they need to find other survivors. Now that they know the weakness of the creature, they're going to spread the good word. Yep. Uh, which is true. I mean, they they know the weakness of the alien, but um, I think they're more going out because there's nothing, which you said, there's nothing yeah. left for them at home. Yeah, that's And right. also they need more supplies and they got a baby in a box that they need to feed. Yes, that's Which, right. how do they feed? No one knows. Booby juice. they never, I guess so. Now you say Reagan, the daughter, is carrying a portable speaker. Yep. With a hearing aid mm-hmm. uh, to fight against creatures they run into if they come in contact with them. I'll give you yep. two points. Now, I know if we break the trailer down, I think we see that, but- It's not really it's obvious. It's not obvious. If you no. don't know. And that's pretty accurate. That's a big part of this movie that she has this little thing <laughs> she yes, carries around this with device. Her. All right. So, the family want to tell everybody about the weakness and give other f- survivors a fighting chance. They want to tell the president, apparently, according to my plot. <laughs> I know. I forgot you said that. Yeah. Y- your plot almost turned into um, Zombieland. <laughs> Double yeah. tap. And so, yeah. So, in your plot, the family ventures out, baby box and all. Yes, they do. They, they've they got nothing left at the farmhouse. They leave. Yeah. Uh, they come into a factory. I think that's mm-hmm. right. I think it's a factory. I mean- Debatable train yard factory train. <laughs> who knows? Where they set off a booby trap and flee a monster. Now we see this yep. in the trailer. It's why you get a point for that. And using the speaker, they managed to kill the monster, yep, which wasn't in which the trailer. Wasn't in the trailer. So there congratulations. Uh, now a stranger is looking at them through a sniper lens. Who we know mm-hmm. is going to be Killian Murphy. We see that in the trailer as well. Yep. The family enters this factory and are met by who you call the stranger which is Killian yep. Murphy in Billy the movie Billy Joel's the stranger he is Emmett Billy Joel yeah, exactly <laughs> um, he helps them escape another monster which is true and mm-hmm. distracts them with sounds sounding pretty good so far yeah well but this is all stuff we kind of see in the trailer that's right this well. is all the information we had <laughs> so you, you a lot of the lot of you, so you get a point I know for where that. my plot goes you, you got a point for that so like pretty ridiculous. we see that in the trailer and you said that they use a small furnace as a safe house Yep. Well done. A cramped. I said it was cramped as well. You, you couldn't did. fit too many you said, people you in said it. You, I believe you said you could fit about four or five people. Yep. Which I think at most they had about three. Oh, no. I think all of them fit yeah, in all at of them one are point. In there. So, yeah, you'd be right there. But I'm going to give you one point because we see the furnace in the trailer, Kieran. That is completely fair enough. <laughs> even I, though- I am happy with that entirely. I, and when we watched- When we did our prediction, we went back and we watched the trailer for this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's right. And you were just like- What's that, Maddie D? What's that in the background? What's that furnace in the bunker that you call? It even said it said furnace <laughs> on it in big letters. I was like, damn. Because I was so smug. I was like, a furnace, Kieran. Come on. We see them in beds. Come on. It's a it's a big underground catacomb bunker. And you're like, what's that there, Maddie D? What are they in? Is that a furnace? I was like, shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was so satisfying. <laughs> Wish you were there, audience. So Emmett says the world is not worth saving. He pretty much does, right? Yeah. And says he they, he can house them temporarily, but they need 
to leave after yep. a point in time, which is true. He does say that. He's mm-hmm. like, I'll give you, you know, stay for a days, but you need to get out. I can't feed you and house you. And he doesn't, he seems to be done with people at this stage. Yeah. Now, the family intend to leave for Washington, D.C. Yep. to see if there's any government left. Uh, that's, a, that's a sensible decision. Because uh, they figure that they can use their bunkers and resources. I mean, and surely the, the president would have, or at least the government would have, all these resources to be able to get a message out to military people, mm. any other sort of survivor groups that they're aware of. No, that doesn't happen in the movie. It makes sense, but it's not that kind of movie. No, it's not. We really should have seen that it was, you know, very low stakes. Well, high stakes, but in a small... Well, yeah. It's not world-ending stakes. <laughs> no. It's just the, the life of this family that we're following. No. Emmett's been listening to the radio. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't heard anything. Nope. In the, yeah, actual movie. in the actual movie, yeah, he just hears that same song. Yeah. Somewhere in the actual, beyond the sea. In the actual movie, he hears music, which does become a big plot point. So, I'll give you half a point yep. for that. We see the radio in the trailer as well. It plays like a big part. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know why neither of us called that. That was going to be a huge, huge device there. So, Emmett thinks everyone besides them are dead. Not quite. He just thinks- Everybody else is evil and crazy. Yeah, that's right. And not even worth going out. And for the running. for the most part, he's right. And for the most part, he is exactly right. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if he encountered marauders and possibly things, you know. So Marcus hears a call out on the radio saying that there's a community of survivors. Mm-hmm. Emmett and it's the, not quite the case. Not quite the case, but I, I give you like a point. I wanted to give you half a point, but I feel like it deserves a point because they hear the music, as you said in my plot. Which leads them to realize that there's a group of yeah. survivors. So, it's kind of right, but there's no like, we are out on this island yeah, in yeah. Washington, D.C. Not quite. Emmett and the daughter go out to the community, which is true. Yep. It's those two. I th- did you see that in the trailer? I sure did. Just put two and two together? Yep. Yeah, you're right. They do split up. I, in your plot, you didn't say why they split up, but that does happen. So mm. I said that the, the mum had to look after the baby, which is why she would stay behind where it's safe. And Marcus is just- Marcus, I didn't know he was injured. But yeah, well, no, neither of us did, but you were right. He did stay behind. Yeah, well, he wasn't with them in the trailer, so I'm like, mm. well, he's going to stay behind. I was using logic and reason <laughs> when making my plot points. <laughs> so, in the actual movie, it's uh, Reagan who works this out from the music, but otherwise mm-hmm. pretty accurate. Yep. Uh, Reagan convinces her mother that they should go. This scene kind of happens, but it's with the brother, with Marcus, yeah. not with yeah, that's right. not with the mother. Uh, and you said that there'd be some long shots of the rundown world. One point, because we knew that was yep. kind of happening. We've seen the first movie. <laughs> yep. Emmett is really cynical and doesn't believe in this plan, but Reagan holds out for more hope. Give you a yeah, point for that, that's because true. that's pretty much the relationship they have. And I give you a bonus point because you said, in your words, Reagan will give Emmett a quizzical look. Yep. She does that a lot. She does that a lot. That's that's her thing. So they reach the community, which is surrounded by speakers emitting high pitched frequencies. In the actual movie, it's surrounded by water. (laughs) (laughs) It's an island. Which they live relatively peacefully. Now you're right, I give you a point. I wanted to give you half, but we do see the community in the trailer. That does exist. They do live peacefully, but it's not because they have speakers surrounding them, which would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been it would have made sense, but I guess nobody else in the world knows about this. Weakness, except for the family. Mm. Maybe no one has like a hearing aid. Mm. Don't forget about my bonus point about. No, I won't. The I won't. Couldn't swim, by the way. You do get a bonus point for that. So Emmett sees his son, who he believed was dead, in the community there. Yeah. So he's like, "Hold on a second, I know that boy. That's my boy. That's my son. <laughs> that would have been. Oh nice. my god, my son. Yeah, that would have been nice, but it wasn't the case. It was just some random kid that he stared at creepily. The vibe we got from this movie was that Killy Murphy was going to be more of an antagonist. Yeah, that's right. Both you and I thought that, but it mm-hmm. didn't turn out like he really was. No. I mean, he he lost hope and he was a little bit, you know, down on the world. But of course, you would be. But not a, not a bad guy no. like we thought. It's very surprising that we both thought that and it didn't actually turn out to be the case. No. I think the trailer painted him in that light. And also, he's known for playing bad guys. Yeah, that's right. Now, we find out that monsters attacked Emmett's family and he fled, presuming that they were dead. Hold on a tick. I just had a brainwave. Yes. Killian Murphy is in 28 Days Later. Yes, he is. And your plot is almost identical to the plot of 28 (laughs) Days Later as well. You're only putting those two together? (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that what you ripped off? I didn't rip it off. I, I actually guessed what I thought was going to happen in the movie, but I could say that it was influenced by zombie movies, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, 28 Days Later, they are referencing Day of the Dead, so- Yeah. But I feel like this movie, to me, was like a zombie movie in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's why- That's what I got. You know, yeah. that's my inspiration. It's not, but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I thought they were going in that direction. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. So you thought uh, Emmett's family had died and he'd fled thinking, you know, yeah, they were gone. But however, what actually happened was a neighborly good Samaritan, our island guy as he's credited, yes. Jaiman Honsu, saved his son and raised Emmett's son as his own. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I guess you assumed that because you saw a scene in which he puts two boys in the closet. Yeah, you say right. that in the trailer. Yeah. Not quite. No, no, that <laughs> doesn't happen like that. at all. But it's interesting. I thought that was an interesting Interesting idea. plot point. It would have been a nice heartbreaking moment. No, it doesn't happen in the movie. So we go back to Evelyn and Marcus and they're back in the factory. They have a few close calls and character building moments mm-hmm. with the baby and the monsters. Yep. I give you two points because boy, does that happen. Oh boy. You also say it gives Marcus the chance to be heroic. Yes. Which I give you two points for. Yep. Because a huge part of this movie is Marcus- being heroic learning being to brave. be brave yeah. exactly because he learns to defend his family at the end of the movie because at the last movie he was like the scaredy cat mm. he would like hide and cover his ears whenever a monster would come up and in this movie he finally by the very last shot of the movie basically he learns to fight back against it yeah yeah and that's kind of his character arc the that's whole right. way through because he's like too scared to hit the ball at the yeah. start and he actually puts himself in danger because he freaks out when he sees Emmett's dead wife. He like goes, and knocks something over and yeah. <laughs> the aliens come in. And he doesn't have the self-esteem to believe he can do anything. No. So, yeah, you get two points for that. So, Emmett's son sees Jaiman Honsu, the island man, <laughs> as his real father. Yep. And des- as all of us would. And despise- Yeah, definitely. And despises Emmett for abandoning him. Yep. Doesn't happen. No. Not in the movie at no. all. Emmett and Reagan talk about leaving, but notice the power has been turned off. Reagan goes to warn the people, but then creatures start to attack. So, obviously, mm. the speakers aren't working anymore. The people in the civilization or the community don't know, so they're, like, chattering yeah, away. that's right. <laughs> and uh, they do get attacked. Now, they do they've get got, attacked by They've got alien. band practice that <laughs> afternoon. They come out with, like, the trombones <laughs> and the drums. <laughs> uh, now, the, the alien does attack, but as we said, it's because he- <laughs> He arrived on a boat. He got, he got the ferry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He got the ferry down. I yeah. Don't know how that happened. No. How he just stood quiet the entire time on the boat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And also, you say at this point, Jaiman Honsu hides the two kids in the closet. I give you two points. We don't mm-hmm. know who these kids are. No. We could assume one of them is his son, but Presumably. they could just be yeah. two random children that they have. And we see that in the trailer. So, Emmett goes to take his son back to the warehouse, but Jaiman disagrees. He says, no, he's safe here. They have mm-hmm. a fight. Um, it is revealed- <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I know what you're laughing at because we'll address it. <laughs> okay. Emmett. Now, all this isn't in the movie, by the way. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's revealed that Emmett cut the power off himself yep. in a jealous attempt to get his son back and, I guess, kill German. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And he does not see himself as worth saving. I mean, he does not see himself what's as worth saving. so ridiculous about this whole prediction as well. Yeah. I was sitting there watching the movie for the first time, and the whole time I'm like, I was thinking, there still might be a point <laughs> where he turns out to be a bad guy and does something nefarious. There still might be a point where that happens. And he doesn't. He does not. He does not. So, in my favourite part of your plot, Emmett starts... <laughs> Sorry, let me let me just compose myself. Uh, everybody's listened to the episode yes. already, but I want to paint a visual picture for you. Yes, here we have our fallen hero, our antagonist. Yes, Emmett. Emmett. Killian Murphy. He's just lost his son to Jaiman Honsu. Brilliant, brilliant actor. Yes, monsters, aliens are fighting. Everyone's dying. Emmett decides because he's angry at Jaiman Honsu. To start throwing things. <laughs> like he throws like <laughs> bottles and vases, big things of key rings. Like he's throwing a childhood tantrum. <laughs> yes. And then they start they start throwing things at each other. Like a, in my plot, a monster comes into the room. He's looking for someone to kill. And they start throwing objects at each other. And the monster's like looking back and forth like he's well, watching the tennis. Well, how I picture it is German on two is just like, what are you doing, man? Stop. Stop, 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 throwing, stop it. Stop throwing yes. things at me. Just, I'm just imagining the two of them lying on the ground, just throwing bottles at each other while the monster's like running back and forth between the two of them. It's such a funny mental image. I wish something like that happened in the movie. Now, of course, the monster comes in at this stage and is attracted by the noise and we fade to black. We never find out in your plot what happens to no. Emma, what happens to Jaiman, what happens to the sun. Now, in the actual movie, nothing like this happens. No, thank goodness. I'm trying to remember if Emmett dies or not. I- no, he doesn't die. He gets wounded. He gets like his leg ripped by the monsters, but he yep. doesn't die that we see. Yeah, right. Jaiman Honsu certainly dies. Did you just forget what did you just forget to address what happened to Emmett, or did you just think it would just end on that cliffhanger? I just like thought that? it would end on that cliffhanger. Yeah. Fair fair enough. But during this, in all this chaos, Reagan manages to slip away and return to the warehouse. I mean yep. she she does, yeah. And she saves the family from the creature, from a creature that's attacking them. 
with her portable speaker. Two mm-hmm. points because that does happen. Now, she doesn't well, come back. More or less. It's close enough to give you two points. Now, she uses the portable speaker. As we've said countless times already, there's a scene where a monster is attacking her and a monster is attacking Marcus and Evelyn, and she plays the high beam frequency over the radio that they're both yep. using, and Marcus and Reagan use that to shoot the monster. So, yeah, that's right. You know, Reagan does. I guess that's close enough. Reagan does use the speaker to kill the monster. Kills two, actually. Mm. And they escape and arrive at Washington, D.C., <laughs> which is all in smoke. Oh. Like, ah, darn it. Now, you did deserve a bonus point because you said the creatures were afraid of water or couldn't mm. swim. Yeah. And they put the floaties on their arms so they can <laughs> move around. And I didn't pick that up in the, in the movie itself. I, I just thought that they, you know, the island was isolating the aliens and thing to go there. So, you get another point with that. I think mm. that's worth one. And oh, with that, go. Mr. Smug Man, who made fun of me, all the way up to this episode, you were texting me saying, you were so wrong, <laughs> so funny, so bad. What did I get? I got 26. You got 26, yeah. Well, up until recently, you got 27 and a half, but with the bonus point, you get 28. Well, there you go. Well, first of all, <laughs> my plot was a lot shorter than yours, <laughs> so you had a lot more ground to cover, so you had a lot more opportunity to get more points. I'm still happy because I still got more than you. <laughs> you got but, two more than me. But if you think about it, my, my plot is actually closer to the actual movie if you break it down. So if you look at the beats of the story, I follow what happens in the movie where your plot did not. In a way, my plot did. I mean, they, you know. There was so much coming and going in your <laughs> plot, which wasn't in the movie. They met like, you know, survivors and then, yeah. <laughs> That's it, was not, it was not accurate. So I tell you what, I wasn't entirely happy with my plot compared to the movie, to be honest. So I was like, eh. I could have been closer, but mm-hmm. I was fairly happy with how close I was. You know what? Compared to you, of course. I, I'm going to throw an olive branch out here and just say, I think, obviously details we didn't get right, but like when you boil it down, our plots pretty much follow the sequence of the movie mm. until our like how we end it. Because I think we both thought it was going to be a lot more epic yeah, that's right. than what it ended up being. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah. Your plot wasn't that close to the movie. <laughs> Either was yours. No, no. Neither of us were particularly close. But yeah, I think we gave an admirable effort. This is one we really struggled with. I, I know yes. you did. I did as well. Um, we, yeah. It, it, we didn't know where- what We had no was. information. The trailer was so- am- it did, The trailer didn't give any information. Well, it got very, That's right. very little information and we kind of didn't know where to go from there. So- Yeah. And we thought- We both thought, well, it has to do something more than the first movie, but- what else is there to do after the first movie, you know? Apparently not much. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about our <laughs> thoughts on the movie. Maddie D, I'm keen. You're a big fan of that first A Quiet Place movie. What were your thoughts uh, on the sequel? I, lo- I loved the first movie. And when they announced the second movie, I know I said I was like, why? And yeah. um, I you think- not, you, you kept saying over and over again in that original episode, there shouldn't be a sequel. And I agree. I stand that there shouldn't be a sequel. Now, when I watched the first movie, I had I didn't know anything about it. I watched in the cinemas, so that experience yeah. was very different. When I watched this movie, I was so hungover, Kieran. Really? So hungover, and I'm watching it in my house on Netflix. So, obviously, the experience is different, but I, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's pretty much the same movie again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really was. Um, they didn't do anything new, so nope. I found it really boring. Like, I can't say it's bad because it's not no. bad. It's just like, it's, it's, the, you know what? When I went on, I can't imagine because I would have been too young. When I went on the carousel uh, for the first time as a kid, I would have felt like, wow, this is really fun. Yes. I can't, Im- I, this is so amazing. I a horsey goes up and then it goes I, down. I can't wait to do it again. When I go on the carousel a second time as a child, I would have went, you know what? Kind of over this. It just goes round and round. And I think yeah. that's how I felt about this movie. Fair enough. Uh, you know, music is great. And I got to say, the the kid actors in this were uh, incredible. Yeah, they were solid. But it was just kind of like, okay, it was all stuff we explored before. And, the you know, the daughter, Reagan, you know, venturing out. Didn't she prove all that? Like, wasn't that the story arc? The story arc was the kids, you know, learn to be their own people. Yeah. yeah. So, I was like, why are we learning this lesson again? <laughs> Yeah, it very much was just the same movie again. Yeah, but I, I can't say it's bad and I wouldn't say no. don't watch it, but I was just like, eh, it's, it didn't need to happen and it was just kind of like the same movie again. So. Yeah, yeah. Would have liked if there was something more. Did you feel the same way? I tell you what, I echo all of your sentiments. I, I've watched this movie twice now. So, I watched it when it first came out 
and which was only a handful of months ago, which I sh- really shouldn't have done because when I, when it came time to watch this movie again, I was just like, oh no, that would have been hard. I have to watch this movie a second time. I tell you what, I enjoyed it. The, the first time I watched the movie, I thought it was it was good, it was solid, it was close enough to the first movie. I would recommend anybody go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's a good sequel, but it is kind of boring. I already said in the first episode that I thought that the first movie was kind of boring, so it didn't help that this was a lesser product. It's a lesser sort of variation of the same plot. So, watching it a second time, I was so bored. I was just like, can we just get on with it, please? Mm. But, yeah, it was a solid movie. It was a solid effort. It's definitely good, but I guess it's not really my cup of tea still. Yeah. Like you, I wouldn't say it was bad. I had a lot of good suspenseful moments throughout it. And as I said, I'd recommend it to everybody, but I'm never going to watch this movie again. It's not going to be a movie that I'm going to buy and and have cherished memories of. But yeah, still a solid movie. I guess the first movie worked because there was so many questions. Like you were like, oh, yeah. So they they can hear the monsters can hear things. Oh my god, how are they going to you know deal with this? How are they going to do this? How do the monsters work? Questions and- that we were hoping would be explored in a sequel. Mm. Or but like they they covered a lot of it. You know what I mean? And now yeah, when the next right. movie comes in, there's no there's no no real other ground to cover. You know how they can defeat them. Yeah, that's you know right. how the monsters operate. You you know all this stuff. So yeah, that's right. It's kind of like that's okay, right. well this is all all old stuff. Yes, that's right. So sorry, Pam's boyfriend. You, the dear listener. I do love you, but and I do love your beard, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I liked your first <laughs> movie <right>. better. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're talking to Jim from the office now. Yes. Okay, it took me a while to get there. So, you, the dear listeners, what were your thoughts on A Quiet Place Part 2? Did you love the movie? Are we wrong in our assessment? Well, we're not wrong. We both said it was a solid movie. But did you hate it? What did you hate about it? Did you like it? What did you like about it? You can let us know in several places. You can drop us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us another comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Yeah. Matty D, before we wrap it up for another week... Let's talk about what we're going to be predicting the plot of next week. Mm. So, we're doing, of course, another movie prediction, and we're keeping it in the Halloween spirit. We've been doing movies that are either scary or movies that we're scared to watch. In this instance, re-watching A Quiet Place Part 2 was both for me. (laughs) It's a scary movie. But yeah, next week we're sticking with the Halloween theme because I think it is Halloween next week. It is. No, actually, it's Halloween right now. By the time this episode comes out, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, everybody. We didn't even realise this was our Halloween episode. Stay safe out there with all those mask killers. But continuing that tradition, next week we're talking about the upcoming Resident Evil movie, the Resident Evil reboot. Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Hey. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be talking all about it next week. I encourage everybody to watch that trailer because it's hilarious. Go watch that trailer. If you have any ideas, let us know because we're going to be talking about that franchise, that movie. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. And oh, I'm, man. I'm so glad I don't have to rewatch any of the other Resident Evil movies because they're starting fresh. It looks like they're adhering pretty close to the first game or at least the first two games, so... It'll be interesting to see what we come up with. So until then, Maddie D. Until then, just gonna be quiet because the monsters will kill me. 